This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Please be sure to subscribe and share with friends and family. To help support this ministry, please visit walkwiththeking.org forward slash donate. Thank you for listening. All right, thank you very much. And hello again, dear radio friends. How in the world are you? You doing all right? Yes, thank God we can be in the world, but not of it. And that's the basis for the little corny greeting that has become part of our trademark. I stole it uh, originally from my good friend Elliot Stettelbauer, who uh, has lived up in Toronto for most of his life, I guess. I've traveled with him across the world, a precious brother. And uh, he used to say that, and it just sort of stuck with me. And when I went on the radio uh, day by day uh, back in 1962, representing the college, I thought, well, now let's have a little greeting, and maybe I can use Elliot's greeting, how in the world are you? And it stuck. (laughs) So that's where it comes from. Well, I hope everything's all right at your house, and I'm so glad that you're there on the listening end. Thank you for being there. Well, these people who... uh, came from Jerusalem, these know-it-alls, they couldn't explain the power by which our Lord Jesus Christ was casting out demons, and so all they could do was to ascribe it to Satan himself. A tragic mistake and blasphemous statement. Well, he called them unto him. How gentle the Lord Jesus was. He didn't defend himself. He He just lined out for them some very special truth. He said, how can Satan cast out Satan? If a kingdom be divided against itself, that kingdom cannot stand. And if a house be divided against itself, that house cannot stand. And if Satan rise up against himself and be divided, he cannot stand, but hath an end. No man can enter into a strong man's house and spoil his goods, except he will first bind the strong man. Then he will spoil his house. We stop there just for a moment. Uh, Our Lord Jesus always pointed out the fact that you can't go in two directions at once. Satan can't cast out Satan. A house divided itself can't against itself can't stand. And elsewhere, he said, no man can serve two masters. I once asked Bernice Corey, who with uh, Vic Corey founded the great Scripture Press publishing house. They started in their own home and their their uh, uh, shipping department was their kitchen table. <laughs> Humble beginnings, but my, what a great ministry today. Well, they've both gone to be with the Lord, but during uh, four or five years, it was my privilege to work closely with them. And so I said to Mrs. Corey one day, Bernice, tell me, uh, how was it that you were brought to the Lord Jesus Christ? And she went on to say that she was quite religious and quite self-righteous at the same time and determined that she was going to get all the enjoyment she could out of life and not allow religion to circumscribe her activities and hinder her pursuit of, of happiness. Now, she wasn't doing anything terribly wrong, but she was simply determined that nobody was going to make a Christian out of her, uh, the kind of Christian at least, that couldn't do the things that she wanted to do. She said this went on for a while, and and she knew that God was dealing with her heart at the same time, and she knew also that there was a godly aunt who was praying earnestly for her niece. Uh, And uh, so it came about one day that her aunt was talking with her, and uh, Bernice, uh, rather petulantly, I suppose, said, Well, Auntie, uh, 
I just, I don't think God says anywhere that, that I mustn't do these things, and, and I, I want to have some fun, and so on. She was defending herself uh, as uh, vigorously as she could. And this dear godly lady asked her to look up the passage where our Lord Jesus said, No man can serve two masters. And she said, Read that out loud, would you, Bernice? And, and so the young lady uh, read it, No man can serve two masters. Now said this godly aunt, It doesn't say, Bernice, no man should. It doesn't say that you mustn't. It says you can't. That It, it says it's impossible to go both ways. You want to think about that for a while? And that uh, truth began to stick in uh, the conscience of this young lady. And Mrs. Corey told me that it wasn't long before she said, Lord, I know I can't go two ways at once. I know I have to make you Lord of my life. And that was the turning point. Our Lord Jesus always pointed out that it, there, there's a choice. You can't go in two directions. You can't serve God and uh, earthly things at the same time. You can't go God's way and Satan's way at the same time. It's impossible. It's not that God says you mustn't. It says He, he says you can't. Have you stopped to think about the impossibility of the compromise, beloved, that some of you are trying to make? Trying somehow to act like a Christian while being in the world in certain phases, uh, let us say, of your conduct? Have you stopped to think of the fact that it's absolutely impossible to get away with it? It won't work? Well, somebody needs that, and I just threw it in there because it, it, it comes to my heart and mind now as the Lord Jesus was saying to the scribes, Satan can't cast out Satan. A house divided against itself cannot stand. Oh, by the way, uh, fathers and mothers, make sure that the whole family is going in the same direction spiritually. A house divided against itself. Make sure that all of you agree on the imperatives of God's will and on the great principles of Christian living. That's one of the first jobs that you need to take care of, if you haven't already. Make sure that everybody in your home knows that, as Joshua said, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Don't let your house be a divided house. Now, you can't force that but you can take your stand as a godly individual and you can set the pace uh, in, in your home and you can set the, uh, the tone of life in your home by living for God day by day. Make sure that your home, mother and father and children and anybody else who lives with you, that it is, is clear to everybody that you're going God's way. All right? Well, now, the Lord Jesus said, uh, you can't really go two directions, and Satan can't possibly cast himself out. He wouldn't last that way. Now he says in, in verse 27, No man can enter into a strong man's house except he first bind the strong man. I want to talk with you for a few minutes on this broadcast about binding the strong man. That's a reference, obviously, to our adversary, the devil. Now, first of all, the Bible tells us to watch out for him. The Bible talks about the snare of the devil and the devices of the devil and the attacks of the devil. He is your adversary. Peter says, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion walketh about, seeking whom he may devour. And uh, sometimes, says the word of God, Satan disguises himself as an angel of light, 
so that, if it were possible, he might deceive even God's very elect. So Satan comes to you in many different ways and using many different approaches. Sometimes he's roaring and sometimes he's beguiling. and Sometimes he sets a trap for you and sometimes he uses devices, different strategies, and all of that. So be aware of the fact that you do have an adversary. You do have an enemy. That's always shaken me up when I found somebody who was my avowed enemy, largely because, in most cases, because of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, It shakes you up to realize it, that there are people who wish you ill, who would like to get rid of you. But that's the kind of a world it is. Going a step farther, you and I have to realize that Satan himself has vowed to get us. He, like some Khrushchev standing in the middle of an Iowa cornfield, you remember that occurrence when uh, Khrushchev was visiting in this country, and he was out there in Iowa, and he was out in the middle of a cornfield, and he said, we will bury you. Well, hasn't happened yet, thank God, and I don't expect it will today or tomorrow. But uh, the avowed enmity that there is in uh, the uh, intentions and the motives of the enemy of your soul. You need to be aware of that, don't you? And never, never just dream your way through life. Be aware of the fact that you do have an enemy and that this is a war. This is a war. Take unto you the whole armor of God that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all. That means after the dust is settled and it's all over, you'll still be on your feet, having done all to stand. You're in a war. There's a battle today. It's a battle for men's minds, chiefly. That's why many of us uh, have warned from time to time against the dangers of what we call godless secular humanism. Humanism, to oversimplify it, is simply the idea that you can do better for yourself without the concept of God and the absolutes of his uh, will and his word. You can do better for yourself in life, the humanist says, the secular humanist. You can do better for yourself in life without the extra baggage uh, that is involved in believing in God and in uh, obeying the absolutes of his uh, revealed will. And that's being taught all across our world, not just in the United States, but all across the world. It's a, it's a new kind of religion, really, uh, an irreligious religion, if you want to put it that way. And Satan is using that in order to bring about his own devices, because it is one of his first approaches. In the Garden of Eden, he said to Eve and to Adam, God knows that if you disobey him, you'll get to be like he is, knowing good and evil. He's keeping you from enjoying something that you would otherwise enjoy. God is a repressive God, Satan was saying. And he's keeping you from enjoying something that you could enjoy if you just disobeyed him. Well, there you have the the, the ancient lie of Satan, and he's still using it today and telling people, you don't need God, you don't need Christianity, you don't need evangelical faith, you don't need the Bible. You can do better for yourself without these things, he says. Now, in dealing with Satan, then, the first thing to do is to realize that you're in a battle and that you're, you have an enemy who has vowed to defeat you, and he's against you because he's against Jesus. Marvel not if the world hates you, for they hated me before they hated you, uh, Jesus said. And so uh, Satan is against you because he's against the Lord Jesus Christ. 
And you better be aware of the fact that there are his devices and there are his, 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 tra his traps, his snares, and that he's going to roar and try to intimidate you, try to scare you off, and try to trap you, and do all he can to get you uh, uh, off the uh, main road of honoring and glorifying your blessed Lord. That's the first thing in binding the strong man. Realize that you do have an enemy. Then what? I look at uh, Revelation 12:11. It says, They overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony, and they loved not their lives unto the death. How, in uh, heaven's point of view, writing it as history, how did people overcome Satan? It says, By the blood of the Lamb, by the word of their testimony, and they loved not their lives unto the death. Three things. The shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ is more than a symbol. It is a glorious fact that the Lord Jesus gave his life for you and for me, and in the shedding of that blood, he was at that moment and continues to be God's Passover lamb. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. We'll get at this the next time we get together because I want you to know how to bind the strong man. Dear Father, today, make us victors over all of the attacks of Satan through Jesus our Lord. Amen. Till I meet you once again by way of radio, walk with the King today and be a blessing.